Hi, and welcome back to High Schoolers Ranting About History. My friends and I have a topic I'm sure all of you listeners will enjoy. We're looking at one of the greatest Harlem Renaissance authors, W.E.B. Du Bois. We'll be analyzing an Atlantic article written by Du Bois. But before we do that, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Dr. Professor Sarah Panter, with a degree in sarcasm. I'll be providing relevant information about Du Bois' works. Hello everyone, I'm Megan. I'm the most accomplished professor of history from college. I pulled two all-nighters preparing this information so I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to give you all a little rundown about the article and how it's influenced by society. Hello, my name is Aranza Ricardo Carmen Guillermo Valenzuela Maria Fernando Teres Nieto Martinez. And I graduated with a degree in knife throwing from a questionably obscure college that I refuse to name. I'm not qualified to be here, but the other person was sick. And I'm Evelyn. With that out of the way, let's move on into our topic, which centers around the Harlem Renaissance. The Harlem Renaissance was an epoch of cultural liberation. Alan Locke described the period as redefining the birth from the quote-unquote old Negro, essentially the plantation worker, to the quote-unquote new Negro, educated and not defined by the practices of Jim Crow laws prominent in the South. The era refers to the explosion of cultural heritage popular in northern Manhattan neighborhood of Harlem, New York. This strive for sociological equality was influenced by multiple factors and often took the shape of literature, art, music, and stage performance. Today we will further explore the factors that led to the unapologetic celebration of African American customs. What a groovy explanation. Our author for today is William Edward Buchart Du Bois, commonly known as W.E.B. Du Bois. He, is best, he was born well before the Harlem Renaissance was even an idea. Du Bois was born in 1868, five years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Du Bois lived in a time when it was perfectly okay to not, be, not only be openly racist, but to hurt people of color through actions and laws. Du Bois was the first African American to receive a PhD, and this gave him a unique perspective. Through his travels, he was baffled as to why different parts of the world treated African Americans with varying levels of respect. Du Bois suggested that racism was not due to some biological problem that prevented African Americans from advancing rather social constructs. Today, we'll look at one of his articles from The Atlantic magazine. This article provides a great example of Du Bois' ideas in sociology. We'll attempt to answer the question, how does the society Du Bois lived in shape his work? What a rad question. Du Bois' experience in a racially segregated America influenced a rebellious objective to intertwine the contrasting culture and maintain self-identity through diction and imagery. Let's jump right in, shall we? In the article, Du Bois describes realizing he was being discriminated against when he was a child, but says he had, quote-unquote, thereafter no desire to tear down that veil to creep through. Even if he was able to remove the barrier between him and his peers, he wouldn't be accepted. He would have to enter clandestinely. Such a course of action would be humiliating, such as admitting to needing a leg up in society. This reveals pride and dignity as values of the author's society. The strength of their society, both of enduring but willing to endure more until they can rejoin society on their own terms without letting go of their culture, is another incredibly important value. Du Bois states that it was their cultural values whose quote-unquote dog strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder, it being the person. Through all the monstrosities, their culture has kept them sane. It is definitely worth thinking about why the author would compare their best or much value trait to a dog when slaves were often treated as dogs. 
Instead of distancing themselves from past degradation in the light of freedom, Du Bois changed the association to something positive, something he could control. Culture, pride, and strength allowed them to flourish in the Harlem Renaissance. Wow, such groovy analysis. I definitely agree with you on your use of strength, Aronso Ricardo. A race that has gone through oppression for hundreds of years and fought for their freedom is certainly not weak, and I think that shows through their persistence during the Harlem Renaissance. One thing that Du Bois states, which I think is extremely reflective on the time period, is to be a poor man is hard, but to be a poor race in a land of dollars is the very bottom of hardships. This quote gives a lot of insight onto what life was like during the Harlem Renaissance. It was extremely hard for black people to find well-paying jobs as they did not have as much of an opportunity as white people. Segregation made job hunting even more of a hardship, and the large presence of racism would have been a huge motivating factor in picking employees. Du Bois also stated that he believes, foolishly, perhaps but fervently, that Negro blood has yet a message for the world. This quote implies that hope and strength are very valued for the African-American community and portrays a sense of determination. They have been oppressed for hundreds of years, yet they refuse to take it and still firmly believe that they have an important message for the world. Wow. Du Bois's work reflected these ideas perfectly and provided conclusions to how African Americans could break free of this oppression. It was Du Bois who first suggested that instead of trying to compromise with the predominantly white society, it would be better to provide resistance. It was Du Bois who co-founded the NAACP, which later came to support the civil rights movement and the resistance of power. Du Bois himself had already already had the experience of breaking past barriers since he had a PhD. However, it was through his work that he showed how others could break past societal constructs. Yes, Du Bois influenced the movement by sociologically analyzing the black cultural identity suppressed by a white-dominated Manhattan. In the, Atlantic, in the Atlantic article, Du Bois details the moment when the revelation of unfounded racism first quote-unquote burst upon one. He goes on to talk about how he and a few other children were purchasing visiting cards and exchanging them amongst each other. A tall girl, a newcomer, peremptorily refused his card. He describes the certain suddenness that the realization of unfounded racism conceived in him then after. Blacks were shut out from the white man's world by a vast veil. Du Bois states that he had no desire to tear down the veil, but to creep through it. He sought to rise above the shadow, excelling in school and sport. Du Bois goes on to write that, alas, with the years all this fine contempt began to fade, and the world I longed for and all its dazzling opportunities were theirs, not mine. Despite the trials Du Bois faced through, many, through oppression, he would still go on to be the first African-American man to earn a PhD. However, the same could not be said for the most of the African-American community in Philly. Du Bois conveys the sense of despair that weighed the hearts of many, saying, the youth shrunk into tasteless cacophony or into silent hatred of the pale world about them and mocking distrust of everything white. African-Americans were weak from the ruthless subjugation that defined their people for hundreds of years. As a result, the population in Philadelphia was afflicted with crime, poverty, and drug addiction. So why do you think Du Bois's work was valued in his society? 
Ultimately, I think it was because of how revolutionary, so to speak, Du Bois's ideas were for his time. Today, we know that viewing race as a biological construct is not only wrong, but deeply harmful. However, in Du Bois's time, this wasn't the case. Ultimately, one of his case studies, the Philadelphia Negro, proved that African Americans were not racially inferior. Rather, they faced racial prejudice. This was completely different from the way that most Americans thought. Yes, you're exactly right. Du Bois had a huge impact on the new Negro movement, and his work aimed to identify the sociologically relevant issues that continued to oppress African Americans during the 1920s. In the Philadelphia Negro, Du Bois strategically shapes the defining problems that continued to oppress the black population. His statistical research revealed that racial oppression was not at the hands of the biological construct, but at the contrived perspective of white Americans. Food for thought. Speaking of biological construct, the Atlantic proposes a wildly different take on society than history does. It is no secret that during the time of the Harlem Renaissance that African Americans were oppressed and racially discriminated against, but W.E.B. Du Bois actually illustrates this societal injustice as a two-way street, placing a lot of the blame of the unchanging circumstances on the disposition of African Americans and of their dual consciousness. In his article, he wrote, quote-unquote, The sky was bluest when I could beat my friends, comparing to his friends who, quote-unquote, hopelessly watched the streak of blue above. The difference between the two is their perspectives on the situation. While the author watched in contempt at the white society, attempting to beat them at their own game, to prove that his world was better, or at the very least that he didn't need their world to succeed, he lived above it all. Yet his friends, who were bitter, were enforced, who enforced the veil, were trapped below. I definitely think that Du Bois was ahead of his time in terms of his ideas and how he viewed society, and I think his works were very iconic and influenced not only by the African, not influenced not only the African American community but also the white community. Ultimately, it was through Du Bois's article that sociologists were able to identify why racism existed and how African Americans could break the power structures. Wow! Thanks everyone for attending this discussion. I really think that sums up what Du Bois did. But that's all the time we have. To our listeners out there, please tune in to the next episode of High Schoolers Drinking Tea and Ranting About History.